0: Welcome to PyPod Chronicles, a series that brings our tech blog to life in a whole new way. Covering an array of topics surrounding Python and tech, from programming tips, best practices, and so much more. Let's get immersed in Python with the Nerd Nook on the go. If you've been keeping up with the blog, then you'll know me as Rusty Raccoon. But if you're new here, I'm Josh, your host. Here we are in episode six, and I gave this a title of Python Data Type Showdowns. I'm excited to have you all here. What will this episode be about? Well, you guessed it, it's gonna be about data structures in Python. Let's dive in. As a Python programmer, you're constantly faced with decisions about which data type to use for your code. Should you go with a tuple? a list, a dictionary, or maybe a set. Each data type has its own personality. Each data type has its own personality with strengths and weaknesses that can impact your code's performance as well as its flexibility. In this episode, we're going to take a closer look at the differences between these three types of data. Now, I'm not going to go into sets here today. I really want to focus on tuples, lists, and dictionaries. At a later stage, I can spend more time, if you guys are up for it, with dictionaries and sets. We are going to give you a few examples to help you make informed decisions about which data type to use. Let's start off with talking about tuples. Now tuples are like a breath of fresh air with their elegant simplicity. (laughs) They're often used to represent fixed collections of related values that should not be modified. So for example. Um, We can use tuples in Python to deal with, like, RGB colors, for example. So if you've ever used Pygame before, you know that any colors in there, you might use RGB. And RGB means red, green, blue. We need to give three numbers in order to create a color, with white being 255, 255, 255, black is 000. That would be a good example of a tuple. One of the notable features of tuples is their immutability. Once a tuple is created, its elements cannot be modified. If you attempt to modify a tuple that you've already created, this is going to raise a type error. This makes the tuples ideal for situations where you want to ensure that integrity of your data, or if you're just trying to prevent accidental changes. For example, we can use the Python len function, and that's gonna get the number of elements in a tuple. And we could also use the index function from Python to find the index of a specific value within that tuple. Now, tuples also support slicing, and this allows you to extract a portion of the tuple using index ranges. If you're familiar with lists, It's the same way that we cut or remove an element from a list. We can do that with a tuple as well. Imagine a world where things never change once they're set. Data remains constant and no one can tamper with it. Now that might sound boring, but at the same time, that's also the world of tuples in Python. Tuples are immutable and they are created by using parentheses. So for example, I could create a tuple and say fruits equals a set of parentheses, and inside these parentheses I could say apple, banana, cherry. I have a tuple called fruits, and then I have values inside that I've coded. They're not going to change, apple, banana, and cherry. You can also use the tuple constructor function, so just tuple function, to create one of these guys as well. Anytime we want to index an element from this tuple, I'm going to take the name of the tuple, which in our example today is fruits, followed by the square brackets. Inside the square brackets, you need to put an index or position. So for example, if I say fruits index 0, that's going to get you the first element from your tuple, which in our case for the example was apple. Tuples can have mixed data types as well. In a tuple, I could have a string, a number, and a boolean. Like if I had person, person equals John, comma, 25, comma, true, if we wanted to do it like that. Tuples are efficient for storing fixed data that shouldn't be modified, like coordinates, constants, or configuration settings for your project. They are also useful for returning multiple values from a function, which we can easily unpack at a later stage. But be careful, because tuples do have their limitations. Once a tuple is created, you cannot modify its elements. If you try to do that, remember, you're gonna get a type error. If you need to update or modify your data, tuples are not gonna be the best choice. But with their immutability, That can also be a strength in certain situations where you want to ensure the consistency of your data. That's when tuples become a great choice, and when you need to represent fixed collections of related values or return multiple values from a function. Wow, that was a lot. So you've heard all about tuples. Let's take what you know from tuples and let's talk about lists. How are lists and tuples different? Well, lists are like the unpredictable adventurers. Now a tuple is immutable, but a list is mutable. This means we can change their elements or we can modify the elements within a list after it's created. In order to create a list, we use the square brackets. So for example, if I create a list called numbers, I could say numbers equals square brackets, and inside the square brackets, I could say one, two, three, four, five. 5. I have a list of numbers. Just like a tuple, list also has its own function as well, the list function. You can use this to create a list too. Anytime we want to access one of the elements from the list, just like with a tuple, you can index the position of an element using the square brackets. I can take my list numbers and inside I could say numbers 2. Within my list that would go 0, 1, 2, and that would output me the number 3 based on that list. If we want to modify elements, well that's fine. I can index the element in my list and I can say equals whatever else we want it to equal to. For example, I could say numbers square brackets 1 equals 10. That would change the second element in our list to now become 10. Lists are flexible and versatile, and this makes them perfect for situations where data needs to be modified or updated frequently. They can be used to store collections of items keep track of dynamic data, and manipulate data in various ways. And the advantage to using lists over tuples is lists also come with many built-in methods from Python, and these are powerful tools. So for example, you now have the append method. Append in English just means add, and this allows you to add an element to a list. You take the name of your list, link it with the append method. Inside the parentheses of append, you put what do you want to add to your list? The opposite of the append method is the remove method. I can remove an element from the list. Or maybe you want to add multiple elements at once. To do that, you can use extend you'll have to do a little bit of research on your own, but there are a lot of cool list methods you can use to work with this data structure. Although lists are like those unpredictable adventurers, lists can also be prone to unexpected changes. Since lists are mutable, they can also be modified accidentally or intentionally, which may cause some unexpected behavior in your code. If you need to ensure data integrity and prevent Unintended modifications, lists may not be the best choice. Think about tuples, but, however, their flexibility and versatility make them ideal for situations where you need dynamic data that can be modified on the go. They're great for that. Alright, I've been going for a while now, so let's talk about our last data structure for the day. I want to talk about dictionaries. No, not the kind that has a bunch of words inside that tells you what a word means. (laughs) No, dictionaries are like the showstoppers of Python data types. Dictionaries are mutable, and they are a collection of key value pairs, also known as associative arrays or hash maps. We create a dictionary using the curly braces, or the dict function in Python and it consists of keys with corresponding values. Every key and value is separated by a colon. Every key-value pair is separated by a comma. Dictionaries are like boxes of chocolates with these little key-valve pairs because you can use any hashable data type as keys, like strings, numbers. The values can be any other type of data, like lists or even other dictionaries. This makes them highly versatile. And one of the strengths of dictionaries is their ability to provide fast lookups so think of it like a mini database as they're implemented using a hash table. This is going to make them really ideal for situations where you need to search for values based on keys like working with a large data set or your configuration settings. Now just like lists, dictionaries also have a range of built-in methods that allow you to manipulate and manage the data. Like you can use the get method and this is going to retrieve all the values associated with a certain key with the option to specify a default value if that key doesn't exist. We could use the update method to add or modify a key pair. With that being said, dictionaries do have some quirks. They are not ordered, meaning the order of the elements is not going to be preserved within this data structure. This can be a concern if you need to maintain a specific order in your data. Additionally, dictionaries can raise a key error if you try to access a key that does not exist in your dictionary. Let's take a look at these results and let's bring our adventure here to a close. I've addressed three data structures. Lists are versatile and mutable, making them suitable for dynamic collections of items. Dictionaries get your lookups fast and give you a lot of pre-built-in methods. This makes them ideal for key value pairs, like name of a person, and every person has a bunch of values, like last name, age, hobbies. A dictionary is great for that. And number three, tuples. Tuples are good for their simplicity and immutability, making them perfect for fixed collections of related values. Understanding the strengths and limitations of these data types can help you choose the right one for your specific needs, and this unlocks the full power of Python's data manipulation capabilities. Wow, that's all for now. Thanks, guys, for tuning in for this episode of PiPod Chronicles. And be sure to check out the blog if you're looking for more. Link in the description. Well, until next time, I will see you guys in the next episode.